Welcome to The Skin Reel, your guide to all things skincare, skin health, beauty, and more, curated by dermatologists and true skin experts. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Alice Mina. I'm a double board certified dermatologist and dermatologic surgeon with over a decade of clinical experience. If you're looking for real, practical, unhyped skincare guidance and expertise, or you just think the skin is really cool, then you're in the right spot. I'm so glad you've tuned in to The Skin Reel. Now let's dive in because this is how dermatologists talk skin. Hi everyone, quick disclaimer here before we start. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. If you're looking for help on your skin journey, please check out the American Academy of Dermatology's website, aad.org, where you can search their database for dermatologists near you. It is so important that you have someone in your corner who's well-trained, licensed, and board-certified who can help you make decisions when it comes to your skin health. Okay, got it? Great. Now for the fun stuff. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on this week's episode of The Skin Reel. This week, I'm thrilled to have my colleague, Dr. Luke Johnson, joining me today. Dr. Johnson is a dermatologist at the University of Utah with specialized training in both pediatric and adult dermatology, and he treats patients of all ages. And really cool is that he is the co-host of two dermatology podcasts, Dermosphere, which is geared towards dermatologists. It's by dermatologists and for dermatologists and for the dermatologically curious. And he also has another podcast called SkinCast, which is a podcast for anyone with skin who wants to learn how to take care of it. So I think that's awesome. I love having another podcaster on with me and will be a lot of fun because I don't think you've had experience being on the other side of the microphone. Doesn't happen very often, but thanks for having me. Today, we are going to be talking about something a little less glamorous, but something that we definitely see as dermatologists, and we're going to be talking all about warts. One of my favorite subjects. I just love warts so much. That's why I've been into dermatology. So what are warts? Warts are caused by a virus, the human papillomavirus. There's a whole bunch of different strains of this virus, and they cause warts on the human body. And I think most of us can look at a wart and kind of identify it. Little skin-colored bump. Sometimes it's kind of hard to tell a wart apart from something else, like a corn or a callus or something. So dermatologists can help with that. But oftentimes, you don't need to be a dermatologist to tell that something is a wart and to be angry at the virus that caused it to be there. That's right. It's not just for witches and toads, right? It's pretty universal. Would you say most people, if not all, have been exposed to this virus? Definitely. But it's interesting. Obviously, some people seem to get more warts than others. So I assume that there's some reason for that and that some people have an immune system that just allows the wart virus in a little bit more or is not as good at fighting it as others. And I don't think medical science has yet figured out why some people get a bunch of warts and some people don't. Do you typically see warts in children more than adults? Well, I'm a pediatric dermatologist by training, so about 70% of my patients are kids, so I see more warts in kids than adults, but I guess I'm not 100% sure if that's universally true. I feel like it is. Yeah, I know. I had warts on my hands when I was a child and actually had a wart on my foot, which 
I actually wrote about how I removed it in my medical school application. And this must have been a sign that I was bound for dermatology. But I know that as I got older, they just went away on their own. And I've seen that firsthand in my children as well. I have two kids and they they both had warts. And my daughter let me freeze hers and my son did not let me touch his. And we sort of got to see the natural evolution and some of them spread because he would touch them. And eventually one day he woke up and he said, mom, my warts are gone. I was going to ask how you removed yours back in the day. I am the daughter of a doctor, which basically means that we never went to the doctor. And my dad is not a dermatologist, but he gave me some salicylic acid. And every night I would put it on my wart on the sole of my foot. And I would take either a nail file or even like a razor blade. And I would just kind of chip away at sort of that dead skin that you get on the top. And after weeks of doing this, that whole thing just peeled off. It was pretty cool. It was like I had a plug inside my foot that just peeled off. And that was the end of that. And that was dermatology for you. (laughs) Right. So how did I do playing a pediatric dermatologist as a 10-year-old? Really well. Some of my patients say they tried to cut off their warts with rusty hunting knives and things. So your way is better. But since we're talking about it, we mentioned that they spread and then we mentioned treatment. So the way I explain it to my patients is they're caused by virus. And some people have heard the human papillomavirus and have sort of bad juju associated with it because it's responsible for genital warts, which is just sexually transmitted disease. But human papillomavirus is a broad term. It doesn't mean any particular wart was caused by sexual activity. So first of all, don't be worried about that. Second, because they're a virus, they're contagious like other viruses. So I tell patients and their parents, you can spread these around, especially if you're like picking at them or something. So try not to do that. But usually, the worst thing warts do is spread. They're not like a medically dangerous thing in most people. And in terms of treatments, I like to tell people there's a lot of treatments for warts. None of them is considered the best. Give us an example. So just a common wart on the hands of a child. What are your go-to treatments? Depends a little bit on the age. So kids who will often put their fingers in their mouth, like little kids, you got to be a little bit more cautious. But if you or your older kid or your teenager has a wart, salicylic acid is a pretty good option. There's a lot of these available over the counter. They have names like Wart Peel and Dr. Scholl's and Compound W is the common one that everybody's heard of. And the 40% salicylic acid products is the strongest you can get over the counter. So that's usually what I recommend. And the way I recommend you do it is at night, you put a little bit of Vaseline on the normal skin around the wart to protect the normal skin from the medicine. Then you put the medicine on top of the wart and then you cover it with a big piece of medical tape or duct tape just to keep it on all night. And you repeat that every night. But I say whatever we do for warts, we usually have to do over and over and over again until the wart eventually goes away. So whatever we do for warts, we usually have to do for three to five months. So if you're doing something at home, you have to do it at night, every night for three to five months. But after that, there's a good chance the wart will be gone. And your technique of using like a nail file or something to like get rid of that dead skin, what we'd call hyperkeratosis, can help the medicine penetrate. So that's helpful too. Now, what about just putting on duct tape? There have been reports of just using that. What are your thoughts on that? There was one study where duct tape looked like it was helpful. Many doctors have tried to repeat that in official medical studies and ingest with their own patients, 
without success. So probably that was some kind of funny anomaly. You know, a lot of warts just go away on their own. So maybe those particular patients happened to get lucky that their warts went away on their own when they happened to be using duct tape. Unfortunately, it doesn't really seem like it works. But the good news is that warts do eventually go away in kids anyway. So you don't have to treat them. We like to say that 80% of them are gone in five years, which means 20% of them are still there five years later. So they can be awfully tough, but they do go away eventually in kids. What are some other modalities that you can use? Well, if you want to come to one of us or somebody like us, we'll often freeze them. Dermatologists love freezing things. And that works all right. We just sort of have to keep doing it sort of every two to four weeks until we've done it three to five times and the wart is often gone. Sometimes they can take even longer than that, though. Downside with freezing is it kind of hurts. and Sometimes it can leave some dispigmentation behind, so the skin can be a little bit lighter or darker in color. That usually corrects over time. It doesn't usually scar, but that's a rare side effect. Right. Are there any injections or times where you might cut them? There are certainly injections. There's two that we primarily use in our practice. One is called candida antigen. It's a protein that the body's immune system doesn't like. So you inject it under just one wart. So I actually really like this particular treatment modality because you can treat just a single wart and hopefully inspire the immune system to attack all of the warts. The downside is that just like everything else, we have to do it over and over again. So I bring people back every month to keep doing it. And if we don't get improvement after three tries, we give up and we move on to something else. There's also an injection called bleomycin, which is a chemotherapy medication that can help for warts as well. We usually don't go there unless we've tried one or two other things that haven't worked, but it can also be effective. Are those injections safe for all ages or do you reserve that more for adults simply because it's an injection? I use them more in kids. I think injecting a single wart is more comfortable than freezing 10 warts. But some kids and some adults just really hate needles and so you can't talk them into it. But I do think it also works a little bit better in kids. Now, what about planter warts? So warts that people get on the soles of their feet, a lot of times they don't stick out. They actually go inward. Do you adjust your treatment modalities for that? No, but I am careful to pronounce it correctly, just as you have done. So plantar is the medical term for the bottom of the foot. So a wart on the bottom of the foot is a plantar wart, just like a wart on the palm would be like a palmar wart. So it's not plantar's wart. For example. Phew, I'm glad I said that right. Well, I would uh, trust you to do it, but I used to be an editor in a former life. So words are one of my pet peeves. Now, what about genital warts? Same sort of treatments or do you do adjust how you treat them in these areas? Generally the same sorts of treatments, but obviously the tissue is more sensitive in those areas. There is a medicated cream called a micomod that's FDA approved for warts specifically in that area, though sometimes it can be helpful for other warts as well. We always have to think about whether or not they're sexually transmitted. So especially in pediatric dermatology, sometimes parents or other caregivers will have concerns that genital warts could represent sexual abuse. The good news from our standpoint is that's very uncommon, fortunately. They're mostly innocently transmitted. Kids' fingers go everywhere. Caregivers have warts on their hands. They're changing diapers or whatever. But of course, if you do have a suspicion of it, you have to take it seriously. But the treatments are pretty similar. We freeze them. We do candidate antigen injections. We use a Miquelmod cream. Kind of leave it up to the patient slash parents to decide what they think would be best. 
It sounds like when we're treating warts, one of the mainstay treatments is to stimulate the patient's own immune response with either the candida antigen or the imiquimod. So it sounds like they're very sensitive to someone's immune system, which brings up another point that when someone's immunosuppressed, they tend to develop more warts. Would you say that that's accurate? 100%. One of my girlfriends got a wart when she was pregnant on her hand. That was just a bear to treat as an adult. But uh, certainly I know seeing patients who are transplant patients or who are cancer patients, sometimes they can get very large and difficult to treat warts. Yeah. What do you do when that happens? Do you have some tips for me? Because they're real tough. (laughs) They are. Well, I tend to be a surgeon. So sometimes I have tried to cut these out too, as much as you can stimulating the immune system to help fight them. Since the last, what, 20 years, we have a vaccine for HPV, right? Gardasil and, and probably even some other ones. That's probably not the only one at this point. What are your thoughts on that being used to either prevent warts or prevent the spread of HPV? The short story is I'm all for it. Everyone should get it. The longer story is there's conflicting data about whether or not this vaccine helps for sort of -of run-of-the-mill skin, what we would call cutaneous warts. It's designed to help prevent genital warts and cervical cancer. And it does do that effectively and safely. And it's FDA approved for people age 9 to 45 of both genders Most pediatricians give it around age 11 because they give a bunch of vaccines then. And so it's easy to sort of throw that one into the mix. But you can get it as early as age nine. And some studies say that it can help prevent or even treat just sort of standard warts that exist on people's skin. And other studies say, we've looked at it, actually doesn't do that. But as I said, I think everybody should probably get it anyways. So I always recommend it to my patients of all genders between age nine and 45. And I tell them, you don't need to get it from a doctor. You don't need a prescription or a doctor's note, you can just go to a pharmacy and ask for it. For just our listeners out there, the virus HPV that causes warts can also cause cancers like we mentioned earlier, particularly cervical cancer. And it sort of goes through these different steps of abnormalities in the cells, which is why women get pap smears every year, every three years to detect these early changes. And I think in the next, hopefully in you know my generation and onward, we'll see some improvements in cervical cancer with people now getting Gardasil as young adults. Sure hope so. I like to think that I'm preventing some cervical cancer while I'm treating warts. Absolutely. Can HPV cause other types of cancers other than just cervical cancer? It's rare, so I don't want our listeners to be worried about it, but there are specific strains of HPV that seem to be a little bit more likely to transform into cancer. So sometimes you can get other sorts of genital and anogenital cancers. And then rarely, more like when people are immunosuppressed or something and their warts get really out of control, like on the fingers or the feet, you can see them transform into usually, fortunately, low-grade types of cancers, but it can certainly happen. Do you have any tips for your patients on how to prevent warts? Or is that just impossible? This Places where people tend to pick up warts are often where they're walking around barefoot in public places. So sometimes we dermatologists like to joke that if you are designing the best surface to transmit warts in order to increase your business, you would design a pool deck. Because everybody's walking around in bare feet, 
bare wet feet, which makes the transmission even easier. And often pool decks are like a little bit spiky, probably to prevent people from slipping. But those little spikes can cause little injuries in the skin and the wart virus can get in there. So places like pools, public locker rooms, public showers, you know, in a gym locker room or something, probably want to wear like flip-flops just to help prevent that as best you can. Um, with my kids, you know, we're at a pool or something. I mean, I don't like make them wear water shoes or whatever, you know, dermatologists are crazy when it comes to our kids in pools, right? They have swimsuits that go from the neck to the ankle to the wrist, but I don't make them wear shoes, but I do sanitize their feet afterward with just hand sanitizer, call it foot sanitizer to help prevent warts. That, that's actually, I do not do that, but I definitely have them dressed neck to toe like you. But yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about using hand sanitizer. But yeah, I've always, you know, been told even my mom would tell me, you know, make sure you wear shoes in the bathroom, or shoes at the pool. So that's a great way to to minimize your risk of getting warts. But again, it's really so ubiquitous, right? This virus is everywhere. Even as a, a kid, your caregiver changing your diaper could give you a wart. So it can be really innocuous things that can cause them. If someone does have a wart, what should they do? Should they just try to treat it at home? Should they go see a dermatologist or just not worry about it? Any of those pathways is a reasonable way forward. Just kind of depends on how much it bothers you. Absolutely. And I think it depends on where it's located, right? You may like be like my son and have a wart around the knee and just not care. And you may have a wart on your thumb and it drives you crazy. So I think it really is patient-specific, right, on if it bothers them and and what they want to do about it. Agree. Well, this has been great and really eye-opening, learning all about warts from a pediatric dermatologist and wart specialist. Thanks so much, Dr. Johnson. Thanks for having me. See you around, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to The Skin Reel. I hope it's been informative, educational, and perhaps a little entertaining. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe and share with a friend. Don't want to stop your learning just yet? Head on over to theskinreel.com for show notes, blog posts, and so much more. Until next time, skin friends.